Hello friends, welcome to Grace Thoughts, the radio ministry of Grace Connection Church with Pastor Tim Kelly. Grace Thoughts has been dedicated to preaching a clear gospel of grace for over 20 years. Here is Pastor Kelly. Dear friends, don't be surprised at fiery trials you're going going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed in all the world. I'm not saying to go there, but you want to read a, a verse that sort of dovetails with this is, is 1 Peter 1 verse 7. It talks about those who have suffered in Christ when he comes back will receive praise, honor, and glory. I always love that verse. That means those who have endured will will receive praise, honor, and glory. We'll get commended by God with praise, honor, and glory. Verse 7, chapter 1, verse 14. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious Spirit of God rests on you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on, on your part, he is glorified. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, or making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs, or prying into other people's affairs, or prying into other people's affairs. I'm sorry, or prying into other people's affairs. Oh, oh, there he goes. I, I loosened the record, get stuck on that one line. There. Or, no, okay. But there is no shame to suffer for being a Christian, stealing, making trouble. I'm sorry, there it was again. Came right back. There is no shame to suffer being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So, again, they're, they're talking about, this is talking about the persecution that of, of being a Christian, or any of the Paul brings up um, stuff we bring on ourselves. We always talk about repentance. Repentance is something that you feel a deep grief for your sin. It's not a deep remorse for the consequences of your sin. No one likes the consequences for sin. No one likes what sin brings into their life. That El stinketh. That Spanish and, and Greek combined. And, and, uh, and, and the King James. When you see these things, some of our problems are just self-afflicted problems. Okay, most of them are self-afflicted problems. 99% of them are self-afflicted problems. But that necessarily make the pain less. Now, there are all sorts of different types of suffering. And like I said, we've been talking about persecution. But there are probably none more profound than what I like to coin spiritual confusion. I'm not the only one to call it that. Oswald Chambers, other people call it that. But it makes sense to me. This thing called spiritual confusion. What is that? What is, why is God letting this happen to me? I don't have any answers. Why hasn't God not provided me something that I so desperately need or want in my life? How come he's withheld things from me that he hasn't withheld from other people? How come I feel like God has somehow departed? And his presence, I can't attain his presence, I can't find his presence, not just for a day or two, but for a long period of time. How come I feel like when I pray, the ceiling above my head is right above my head, and my prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. They're not even busting through and getting to heaven. In fact, I don't even think God's hearing my prayers, even though I know he is theologically, but I have no experiential 
witness or proof that God's even remotely interested in hearing what I have to say. Why is it that these things happen when I'm only trying to obey Him? I'm just trying to do what's right. I'm trying to make some headway. I'm trying to make good decisions. I'm trying to make an impact in the kingdom, but I keep running into this lead wall. And it seems so even though I'm trying to do everything to honor God, God's hand is on my head, holding me back and restricting me. Did I miss God? Did I miss a road sign someplace? Seven years ago, should I have gone left instead of right? Should I have gone straight? Fifteen years ago, if I didn't make this decision, would I be going through what I am today? I, I don't know. Did I miss God? Or how about this one? What am I being punished for? God, what have I done? Show me the secret thing that I've done. Show me the sin of my heart in which you have to punish me like this. So then we go on a witch hunt of our own hearts. Trying to create ourselves our own, our own, trying to create our own wickedness that may or may not even exist. So I find that one thing and say, oh, that's it. That's what God must be punishing me for. Okay, I'm sorry. Now stop. But nothing stops. <clears throat> it's an amazing thing. I'm here to tell you tonight. I have no answers for you. So let's close. And we'll just, we'll just go home and have an ice cream or something. No, I, I really don't. I, I don't. I don't understand the methods of God. I've been right. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just preaching what's gone through my head. God, what have I done? Where are you? How did you allow this to happen? I don't understand. I sought you. I prayed. I fasted over and over again. And you let this happen. I don't get it, God. I've and you know my heart. I don't want to. I don't want to be a prideful man. I don't want to build my kingdom on earth. I want to build your kingdom. I don't want to be the one on the front line. I want to just build your kingdom. I want to be faithful and hear well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's all I want, God. That's really all I want. I couldn't say that as a younger man, but I could say that as an older man. That's all I really want. And how come, God? You seem like you have forsaken me. Wow. Joseph, you know, in the Bible, Joseph, kind of quite an interesting story. Um, probably the largest stories in all the Bible. I think it is the largest Bible story. It covers a huge amount of scriptures, chapters. Joseph was uh, his dad's favorite, Jacob's favorite, in a sense. And he had a prophecy. God gave him a dream about his brothers, how he, his brothers, his older brothers were going to bow down before him. And God gave him that dream. Joseph's tactical error was he told his older brothers about it. If you're the younger brother, you never tell your older brothers that somehow you're going to be their boss. You just don't do that. So he told them, and they didn't like that, so they threw him in a pit, and the Midianites came, and they pulled him out of the pit, and they sold him to Egypt. And everything he did was sort of blessed because he was blessed by God. And so he was promoted in Egypt. He was in charge of the part of his house. And he was a big governmental leader in the part of his house. And the part of his wife was attracted to him, tried to seduce him. He was an honorable man, a man of integrity. He said no. She turned the story around, turned him in. Um, he said, this man tried to take advantage of me. They cast him into prison. 
Wow. So you hear Joseph, he's high, then he's low in the pit. Then he's high, then he's low. Now he's in the prison. I mean, I can't imagine they had cable TV back then. And, and he's in this, is this, this um, pit of a prison. And then he interprets a dream. And they find out he interprets a dream, so he gets promoted again. So he's high, he's low, he's high, he's low, he's high. Very high. Now that was, what, how many, 25 years of his life? 30 years of his life? But he kept going. He barely recovered from his glorious dream. He had and he's thrown to a pit by his brothers. David wasn't far removed from conquering Saul and hearing tens of thousands of people chanting his, not conquering Goliath, and hearing tens of thousands of people chanting his name before he found himself hiding in a cave from the king of Israel trying to kill him. Then drooling in front of a Philistine king just to save his own life and acting like he was crazy. So we went from the place of David hearing his name being chanted, Saul has slain thousands, but David has slain tens of thousands, to foaming at the mouth to save his own life. High mountain, low valley. Elijah. I'll show you who's boss around here. This guy by Mount Carmel. You prophets of Baal, you get your best, you get your best, and you get your bowl, and, and you can call your fire down to consume this beast, and you know, I'll watch you all morning. So they cut themselves, and they did everything they could, and of course nothing happened, because God wasn't real. Elijah gets up here, throw a bunch of water over that bull, God. <laughs> then he went down and killed all, four, all 400 prophets of Baal. All 400, he took them all out. Don't know how that happened. I don't know they just lined up to be killed, but he killed them all. Jezebel didn't like that. She liked her false prophets. So I'm going to kill Elijah. <gasps> Runs for his life. Gets depressed under a juniper tea. I mean, minutes later. Mountaintop to a valley. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Palm Sunday. Beautiful moment. The Messiah is recognized. Prophecy is fulfilled. He's riding on a, on a donkey. Never before ridden. He comes in Jerusalem and they blame palms and on the on the road and they're saying, Hosanna, Redeemer, Redeemer, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. He's our Messiah. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. He went from the very top to the very lowest. This, what we titled this morning's message, Pain Promotion, eliminates plastic Christianity. It peels the veneer right off the phony. It takes the slogan and the bumper sticker right out of your face. You may use Romans 8.28, but you're not gonna, it's not going to be your ping pong ball you use to solve everyone's problem from now on. Oh, brother, all things work together for good. <laughs> you get, yeah, you might just get punched if you say that around somebody really, really low who doesn't care if they repent or not. <laughs> and um, Brother, all things work together for good. Yeah. 
Try that when you're like the man in the video. We just lost a son. He wasn't ready for any slogan. He wasn't ready for any bumper sticker Christianity. Oswald Chambers says this, God never judges men by their brains. He judges them by their hearts. And herein lies this truth that re- releases really the glory of God. In repenting of sin, we rid ourselves of evil. When I turn from sin, I rid myself of evil practices, evil things. But when it comes to the dark night of my soul, I surrender things that I dearly love. And I begin to identify things that truly, subtly as they can be, are in conflict with God. I couldn't learn it, obviously. It took the the gut-wrenching. Thank you for listening to Grace Thoughts, a ministry of Grace Connection Church. This is Pastor Kelly. If you live in the Bay Area, we would love to meet you. Our service times are Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Grace Connection Church is located at 4017-56th Avenue North, St. Petersburg. Or you can call us at 727-565-4674. Again, 727-565-4674. Or visit us on the web at graceconnectionchurch.org. Again, that is graceconnectionchurch.org. We hope we get a chance to meet you. Until then, keep thinking Grace Thoughts.